Hello there, daisies and dandelions. Welcome to Basically Misled. I'm Dagny. And I'm Day. We give advice. 50% is life-changing, 50% will leave you crying in a stairwell by the end of the day. You decide which is which. Come procrastinate with us while we chatter endlessly about things you could probably just Google. Today we're welcoming our special guest, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hi, Hi. everybody. It's so nice to be here on Day and Dagny's really comfortable couch. It's a really lovely patch of sunlight that they're letting me sit in. They're being so friendly. They made me a strawberry muffin. <laughs> this has been incredible. Yes, this is a great plug for us. Come yeah. be our guest. You'll get, get a real muffin. treatment. <laughs> mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's nice to meet everyone. My name is Emily Christensen. I am, among other things, Day's freshman roommate we mm -hmm. bunked together uh, roommate is a strong word i i slept in my boyfriend's dorm for let's be honest most of the year but we, we yeah. share a bond of, we do. she's seen um my proclivity for bubble baths which i think might come up later um <laughs> she's just a knockout gal and <laughs> really yeah didn't you guys like didn't you get her to like do a dance with you? Oh my god, oh, yes! I don't know yeah. if you have a website or a blog, but I would be happy to send you the footage. Um, when I was a much younger person, I and a friend of mine choreographed our own um, dance routine to the song Ignition by R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. uh, the remix, obviously, I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with his work. And um, to celebrate, I think it was the end of winter quarter? Or I think, I think it, it was winter quarter. It might have been fall quarter. It might have been fall quarter. It, okay, yeah, it was fall quarter, but it was winter. It was, like, snowy. That's yes, why I... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, we... Um, I taught Day my childhood choreography. We mm -hmm. wore matching shirts yep. that said... Um, do you want to... What did... They said, Well-behaved women rarely, rarely make history. history. And we did our little um, ignition dance. There was a lot of squatting involved some <laughs> breast cupping mm -hmm. it was relatively vulgar um i really recommend you check it out um you should put it on our youtube channel oh my if you can find that footage it's all your my favorite was the part where it's like bounce 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 and we literally would just grab our breasts and yeah. like spin in a circle jumping. Yeah. um I really think we should do one of those again. Right? <laughs> I was just thinking um, maybe we need to redo it. Yes, I think so too. Uh huh. Okay, yeah, that's um, that's me. Um, I'm also a student at the Evergreen State College. I'm, well, use student as a loose term. I'm uh, studying sort of pre-law, um, which is not a super easy thing to study at Evergreen right now yeah. because we don't really have any faculty that super teach pre-law right now we kind of have a rotating guest thing we had one faculty member who sort of specialized in it who just retired um which is not an uncommon story at the Evergreen State <laughs> College right now I'm sure some of you can relate um yeah that's um yeah. I didn't know you were so you're doing pre-law is that like to I don't know do yeah. law that sounds like <laughs> what's no, that's more. <laughs> Dagny is right on the money um we pre-law is basically um yeah, it's sort of pre-med, then you go to med school, pre-law, then you go to law school. And you, fun fact, don't actually have to have a pre-law undergraduate degree to go to law school. I could be mm -hmm. doing chemistry, I could be doing underwater basket weaving, That's I could be ever. doing, <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of whatever, and still get into law school if my LSATs are high enough. Um, I just really only like the one thing, and it's law. I don't really, I'm a one-trick pony, so... Uh, that's what I'm focusing on right now. Yeah. That's nice though that you know what you like. So are you just trying to like learn certain like like subjects? Is that when you like when you would pick classes? Like you're just looking for that sort of information? Sort of. Well, because because I'm um, we don't really have any pre-law faculty. Mm. <laughs> I kind of am right now just doing sort of whatever I want, whatever looks interesting to me, and I'm gonna try and shape it into some kind of a degree at the end of the path, which. Um, I don't recommend you do, freshman. I recommend that you meet with an academic advisor and find a degree path if you can get in with one. I know we only have like four right now and that that's terrifying and very trying, but um, Evergreen's a great place if you're able to um, get your feet on the ground and know where you want to go ahead of time. And I know it's very hard to plan out your classes ahead of time, yeah. but if you can do that, as just do it, please. So. 
Yeah, I actually met with um, an academic advisor recently, and they were like, you need to go to a career counselor because I can't tell you what you want to do. So if you don't know what you want to do, I think then career counseling seems to be where they want you to go. And then the academic advisor will tell you how to do that. But I don't know. No, yeah. So my other capacity that I think is what they and Dagny kind of really wanted me to talk about here today um, is as the former, it's weird to say former, It's all. this is all weird, um, I'm the former speaker of the Guidec Student Union here on campus, and I um, have two years of experience on the SNA board. If you don't know what either of those are, I can explain them to you. It's pretty boring, so feel free to skip ahead, maybe like 15 seconds or something, maybe 30, <laughs> maybe a minute. I might go crazy. Um, so the SNA board, if you're a student here at Evergreen, you know that you pay tuition, but that that's not even close to all that you pay. You pay student fees, you pay your tuition, um, you pay all kinds of other stuff, but the student fees are what the SNA board deals with. Um, SNA stands for Services and Allocations, which is funny because SNA also stands for, so SA is Student Activities, mm-hmm. S and A is Services and Allocations. So the S and A board works in the Student Activities building an office, um, and in that, like it's, it's, it's through the Student Activities <laughs> branch of the school, but it stands for Services and Allocations. For the more you know, doesn't really matter fun fact that you didn't need to know or didn't really want to know you know it now um, <laughs> yeah so they basically govern um they're a totally made up of student um they're just students um uh, which is super rare most colleges have just uh, adult faculty members um a mix of faculty members and students or or um, it's the board of trustees that makes these decisions, but Evergreen is one of the very few schools in the country that has an entirely student-run, um, student-led, um, student-made SNA board, which we're really lucky to have. Um, and it's um, the numbers vary, but it's usually around a dozen people. It's a consensus-based board, which means that um, they don't just do an up-and-down vote. They have to, I don't know if you know what consensus decision-making is, but it means that... Um, every person has to agree to a decision in order for it to go forward. So um, if eight people want to do something and one person doesn't want to do something, they don't do that thing. Um, but what it really tries to encourage is um, compromise and making sure that everyone's comfortable. Um, the idea is not that every budget should get blocked by one person because this one person just wants to filibuster everything. The idea is that everyone incorporates everyone's ideas and um, comes together on one idea, maybe makes compromises in the budget, maybe asks a club to um, do some of their own fundraising, things like that. Um, But what um, this board governs really is how we spend your student fees. And that money goes to two things. It goes to tier two budgets and tier one budgets. Tier two budgets are like smaller student groups. Um, An example would be the Myco Collective or the Mushroom Club, uh, things Mm -hmm. like that that are maybe smaller, um, but that you only really need about four students and a dream to come together and (laughs) create. Um, uh, Yeah, anyone can start a club. You need, I think it's four people who are willing to sit at a two-hour seminar with you, and you can start getting funding. Um, And you can also get funding not just for your club, but if you are looking to put in a serious amount of time to your club, you can get paid um, for doing that time. Uh, for the school, you can look into getting a stipend. It's not like hour for hour. It's certainly not anything close to a minimum wage, let alone a living wage, but it's it's money to help you um, work on your club and also go to school. So for a lot of students who are dealing with issues on campus or if you see something on campus that you want to change that you need help with, there are clubs already working on campus. There are clubs that you can start that can try to help compensate you for the work that you're doing. Um, the theater programs at the Evergreen State College outside of classes have largely always been through the SNA board. Um, there are two kind of main ones. I know this is a big topic for readers <laughs> right now. There are two kind of main ones. Um, Perennial Players is one. Riot to Follow is another. Um, and there are more smaller organizations that do improv and comedy and things like that that you should look into. Um, we have a ton of student groups and all of them work really, really hard for their money. Um, but yeah. Traditionally, those have always been funded through the SNA board, and 
gotten other resources from things like the props department and things like that. So a big question in this time of we don't have a theater department is what's the SNA's role in reassessing that? That's a big question that they're kind of tackling this year. Um, the other thing that they fund are tier one budgets, which are kind of just bigger ticket items. Um, the Children's Center is funded largely oh. through, yeah, um, the Child Care Center here on campus, um, which is a huge deal. This is, I think, for me, one of their biggest responsibilities. Um, they get um, a big chunk of their funding from parents and students, but in order to sort of subsidize that to make it cheap enough for students to get childcare um, on campus, a lot of that funding comes from the SNA board, um, which we think, I've definitely heard concerns before of like, well, that's not how a business is supposed to work. We don't think of the childcare center as a business. We think of it as um, a resource for students, an equity resource. Um, we know that um, some of the most vulnerable students um, to dropping out are especially single mothers, single parents, um, and uh, trying to get them childcare on their campus. It's a great way to keep students in school. It's a great way to kind of educate and give a really good foundation to kids. It's a great way to help attract faculty members to the college. I know you've probably had a faculty member or an administrator who you care about who's come to the college because they were able to get childcare for their kid right next to where they work, and that's a big deal. It funds the CRC. The As of last year, and we've been trying to work to change this, the Office of Sexual Violence Prevention and Response, um, the TQC, uh, things of that nature, bigger ticket student um, items, the bike shop, the flaming eggplant, the Cooper Point Journal. Um, actually, the eggplant and the Cooper Point Journal, journal are, uh, this is really boring, but somewhere mm -hmm. between a tier one and a tier two, they get, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the SNA board. Um, they love to take student input. Um, they meet every Wednesday at three. They yeah, meet three. <laughs> They meet Mondays and Wednesdays at three. Three to five, so, I think. So. No, yes, they do. And they meet Mondays and Wednesdays. They meet Mondays and Wednesdays every week, three to five, in the cab building. Their meetings are open to the public. Their minutes are open to the public, so if you're curious what went on at those meetings, you can check um, at the office, or you can check, um, they usually post them to Greener Commons and get copies of those minutes. Um, and if you're interested in starting a club or getting money for a club or joining a club, go up to the Student Activities Office. Evergreen is full of bureaucracies, some of them successful, some of them less so. But if I had to pick one department on campus that's focused on students, that does a good job, um, that's competently run, that's well-managed, it would be um, Student Activities. They do a really, really good job of being student-focused. Um, most of their employees are former students or some current students. Um, they're a really good place to work. They're a great environment if you just need a cup of tea and a hug. Um, they're in the cab building. They work really hard for their money and for your money, and you should go check them out. Um, nice. Those, yeah. That was yeah. a very good pitch so that you had. That's the SMA, yeah. yeah. So when you first came to Evergreen, how did you, like, hear about this and, like, get into it? Or were you just... You yeah. just know things. So. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big old nerd. And when I first got here, I think I was living with Day at the time. Mm -hmm. I um, applied for a job as the board coordinator. Um, no, I'm so sorry. I wasn't the board coordinator. I was the office manager. They're two different jobs. I've been lying to you this whole time. I'm <laughs> so sorry. I was the um, board manager, not the board coordinator. Um, the jobs have... So when I first started, um, they were doing a paper-only system, which meant that every club that had a budget would have like a 10-page budget request, and every meeting we would talk about maybe five budgets, and there would be maybe 16 people in attendance. So it was my job, among many, many other things, to print, staple, deal with um, 16 copies of five 10-page budgets every day. As of last year, we transitioned to a paperless system, so we don't use paper budgets anymore. And the new office um, manager got to <laughs> have a much easier job than me, I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty jealous. But um, they worked very hard over the summer to um, make that happen and did a lot of good work. And um, so, yeah, now all of those budgets are online. But um, a big part of my job at that point was just stapling and filing. And another part of my job was trying to build board cohesion was the 
fun buzzword we use for just trying to get everyone in a place with just a normal democratic system it's pretty easy to you don't necessarily have to like each other everyone just votes the way they're gonna vote and we're done but with a consensus-based board you really 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 have to get along you have to trust each other you have to trust that this other person on the board has the best interests of students in mind um, so we did a lot of work training the board educating the board and just getting the board to a place where it could have a civil discussion um, I think we all know that agreeing to disagree is hard to do sometimes in yeah. these fun political climate yes. blah blah whatever but yeah in these modern times getting a group of not necessarily like-minded people to come together and agree on things was not super easy but yeah I got involved just by applying for the board coordinator board manager job board manager board manager the board manager job um on Greener Commons and got an interview. I was a brand new freshman and I had no experience on the board, but I had a little bit of office management, ex <laughs> office management experience um, from other times in my life and got to use that, put it to good work. Um, and that's how I got involved in the student union. Um, it was around spring quarter of 2016. I hope that most of you are freshmen and don't remember that time, but um, <laughs> if you do, you remember how tumultuous it was and um i remember um at one of the like kind of key protests there was sort of like a false flag thing that went around that said we're going to be at the gsu meeting doing this that and the other thing but students ended up being at the um, administrative offices protesting i didn't know that so i went to the gsu meeting and the gsu didn't know that so they had very clearly like been <clears throat> So yeah, the GSU had very clearly been prepared for tons of students. They had set out chairs, they had set up a microphone, which they never have done. There was like a speaking queue, and it was a room full of students kind of going around and saying, um, well, yeah, I'm, I stand with students, and I'm so shocked and, and dismayed at everything that's happened, and I want to do everything that I can to help students as an elected representative of them. And so I'm going to write a strongly worded letter and I want you guys to sign it. And then we can all maybe redraft it over the week and come back together next week and sign it. And as this is happening, you can literally hear because this is in cab 301, which is a big glass room in the cab building where you can see out over Red Square. Mm -hmm. And you could literally see and hear the room was kind of shaking with students in Red Square and in the administrative building, like screaming for a change, screaming for a voice. And, um... Here was their elected representatives, their, um, the people who were supposed to be helping facilitate conversations between students and administrators. The whole point of this protest is students not being able to clearly articulate their concerns to administrators, administrators not listening to the concerns of students, um, nobody getting anything done, and here's the student union sitting in a room drafting a letter. And um, that's when I decided to run. Um, the GSU is not like the SNA. It's not a consensus board. It's a little bit more like the Wild West, and it's got a reputation as being um, a little bit more ruthless and a little bit more emotionally exhausting is the best <laughs> word that I can... I don't mean to throw shade. I worked really hard there, and I think we accomplished a lot, and I think it's moving in a really cool direction. But um, it has a reputation as being a little bit more chaotic, um, it's elected and not appointed. So the SNA board, while it's all students, um, you interview for a position with um, a group of GSU representatives and those GSU representatives hire you. Um, so it's still like being overseen by GSU representatives, mm -hmm. but um, it's you just hire whoever is the best. Um, the GSU is elected, so um, it's who the people think are the best, but actually um, not that many people run. We are trying to change the number of positions that exist for the GSU, but if you've got, let's say, 20 open slots and 12 people running, do you really have a democratic system or do you just have the 12 people who wanted to be on the GSU being on the GSU? And who's the most likely to run for the GSU? People who are confident they can win, people who um, like to hear themselves talk, <laughs> um, people who think they look good in a suit, 
and um, is that really representative of what's what the students want? So for a lot of years, without the voter turnout that we needed, um, without the people running that we needed, um, the GSU kind of was a non-entity um, that didn't really do a lot of work for students, um, kind of just went in circles and helped people with their own pet projects and didn't really go that much of anywhere. As of 2016, that was already starting to change. People were already doing a lot of work to try and change it, but it was still definitely a little bit all talk and not that much action. Um, the administration didn't really respect it because um, students didn't really respect it <laughs> and students didn't really respect it because it seemed like just a bunch of reads rules nerds to be I to be really clear and I don't mean to single out any group of people I think the students who we've got on the on the GSU right now are really hard workers doing some really cool really amazing work um, but when I came in in 2016 um, it was scary um, I was one of three women in the room. I was definitely the youngest person in the room by far, and I was everyone's boss. I was the speaker. I was the person who was supposed to like hold the gavel and hit stuff with it, you know? And uh, <laughs> that was that was hard. There was definitely a learning curve. I had a lot of support from um, the other leadership team members. They We really were a team that year. We really did everything as a group. We made every decision as a group. I didn't make any decision without their trust and support, but um, we worked really hard to um, make some changes to how we do hiring and firing. That first year when we first came in, um, the coordinator from the previous year had accidentally hired too many students and we had to start, start our working relationship off with, okay, how many of you are immediately fired? Um, which was hard. But um, we, it's stuff like that happens when you're working with students. You have to um, realize that as much as you're trying to do service for students, you are also, this is a learning experience for yourself and for the people around you, and you have to treat students like students. You have to realize that you're working with other kids and just do your best. But um, if I could name names, Jeanette Smith, the... Um, uh, advisor that the SNA uh, gave the GSU is absolutely incredible. Um, if any of you ever have a problem on campus, you should go to her. She's she's absolutely incredible. She's an amazing student advocate. She's spectacular. Um, but we worked really hard that year. We um, are starting to try and implement a new system um, of government called the Student Assembly, which is a lot more representative and a lot less um. Yeah, I have somebody came or I th it was somebody in my class. I think like tried to get give a, a couple. Yeah, yeah, give a pitch yeah, yeah, yeah. to get a couple mm -hmm. of people going mm -hmm. to our class. But I don't know if anyone went. I think yeah. it's a thing where it's like who's interested exactly. in like there's more than they want, and then mm -hmm. who actually goes, nobody. <laughs> exactly. No. Yeah. It's yeah. it's hard to get that kind of massive participation. And my philosophy as a speaker, I was basically just a glorified press secretary. Like, my job really was, um, I think technically the role of speaker was supposed to be the person who works the most with administration and with the public and with the legislature and things like that. But I definitely saw my role as communicating more with students. And technically it's supposed to be that the speaker does the administrative side and the um, deputy speaker does the student side, but the deputy speaker if I could name names, Brandon Ellington, who's still working really hard at the school, he's a senior right now, um, excellent advocate. Um, we were a really good team. I think we worked really hard together and um, I definitely ended up doing a lot more student-centric work and he definitely ended up doing a lot more administrative-centric work. Um, he's now got a quarterly meeting going on between uh, faculty um, administration and student union, which is so boring, and I know none of you care, but it's super important. And um, um, I saw my role as more of just the press secretary, trying to communicate what the GSU was about to students, because I think we think of college students as apathetic. We think of ourselves as apathetic. We think of ourselves as not caring, not tuned in, um, not 
giving a shit <laughs> about what's going on. And I just think that's absolutely not true. Um, I ran for um, election when um, everything was going on 2016 spring quarter, which I hope I can just say 2016 spring quarter and everyone knows what I'm talking about. But um, probably if, if you don't, then that's weird and I feel old. I don't know. I'm <laughs> 20 and I feel old. Um, but uh, yeah, um, we saw students pouring out of their dorms into Red Square, into administration buildings, putting themselves in danger, going through really horrible treatment um, at the hands of the public and getting no support from their administration and just doing everything they could to put themselves out there demanding change in their college. The reason that those students didn't vote is because they didn't really feel like it mattered who they voted for in the GSU. And to a large extent, they were right. They didn't have trust in the GSU and they didn't really have a reason to. But um, my goal as speaker was to try and rebuild that trust with the student community, make students feel like we cared about them. Um, one thing that we worked hard on that, um, not even that I worked hard on, but that other GSU members worked hard on was um, the summer internship fund. So students who were doing um, unpaid internships during the summer um, could get some money to help pay for that. I think it's a program that's still going if you're, I mean, I know it's fall quarter right now, but <laughs> if you're looking forward to a summer internship, you should look into the GSU's summer internship fund. Um, if you're doing like a public service internship or something like that, we can help you pay for that because we think it's an equity issue. We think that um, everyone should have access to the experience of being an intern and the, the leg up that that gives you in the world, um, not just people who can afford to work for free for a summer. And um, we want to help support that. Um, God, I'm really just rambling all over the place because that's what the year was. We were focused, like, student government is such a microcosm of the world and you really just are focused in so many directions. But, um, yeah, my goal as speaker was to get the voter turnout up and I was helped in that effort. Bethany Shelley, a former um, coordinator of um, the election, um, she was integral in our work um, during my year on the TSU. She's an absolutely amazing person. She's one of the hardest workers I've ever met. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Um, and she did a ton of work, first of all, keeping the GSU afloat, but um, the uptick that we saw in voter turnout, I give credit exclusively to her. Um, we um, were able to get our voting percentages <clears throat> up much higher than the Bethany Shelley was able to um, bring our voting percentages up to way above the national average um, for college voting. Which How is does that happen? <laughs> only just hard work. So the elections uh, commissioner through the GSU is a different, whole other paid position. If you're looking for, if you don't want to run for GSU, but you want to work with or for the GSU, we can support that. Um, we have worked on programs before that have helped pay students to sit on committees with um, staff and faculty that work on issues around campus. Um, there are a lot of those committees that are like, we want students to come to this meeting at 8 a.m. on a Monday for no money, twice a week, during their class, because just do it. And they want to call that student participation. That's not student participation. So our goal was to pay students to show up at those meetings so that they actually could, not because students need to be paid to be incentivized, but because we're trying to live. This school is expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing we pay students to do is work as poll workers or elections commissioners. If you're ever walking past the greenery and you see a little table that's got a big green sign and a couple of laptops and a very exhausted looking person sitting at the <laughs> other end, that's one of our poll stations. So some of the work that we did was just, um, more poll workers sitting around just dragging kids to vote. And if you've never done that kind of work, it's just emotionally exhausting to constantly reach out to students and say, have you voted? And have every single one of them say, yeah, and know mm -hmm. that the voting, you see the voting percentage on your screen is like 0.2% of the school has voted. And every student who's walked past you, probably about 0.5% of the school has walked past you at this point and said, yes, I voted. And you know they're lying to your face. You know they just don't want to talk to you. You know they, that, you know they're lying to your face. <laughs> you know they don't want to talk to you. You know that you are just, 
getting into their day and they've got other places to be and they think that you're a shill we go to a pretty anti-establishment oriented school i wouldn't have it any other way but we distrust authority and so the gsu is sort of the like student authority on campus being the speaker i was like the student voice of authority which doesn't always go over well and the school is kind of programmed to distrust me and i wouldn't have that any other way but to get kids to vote to get kids to see voting is important um we had to prove to them that we were doing work worthy of their attention and gsus in past years um have fallen victim to themselves their own whims like we rewrote our constitution last year and um a lot of students worked very hard on that effort i think we made some real progress but the student body doesn't care about the gsu's constitution at all because right because who cares who cares <laughs> so we had to prove to the students that we were doing work that was actually relevant to them that we weren't just some self-serving bunch of kids um sitting around a conference table making motions to each other that were just self-congratulatory and nonsense. Um, that was my main job the whole year, was trying to prove to students that we were worth paying attention to, um, get more students to run. Um, we worked on a new voting software um, that was really good, but crashed winter quarter, which was absolutely, if I had to pick a low point in um, my work at the GSU, that would be it. Um, we ran really hard for an election um, at the end of, fall quarter, I believe it was, worked our asses off on this election. Um, so many poll workers doing so much work. And our voting percentage was something like 15%, which is unheard of. The national average for college students, I believe, is somewhere around 12%. Um, so, and uh, like in our most recent midterm election, Thurston County had gotten like two points lower than the average that we had for our vote. Like, we were ecstatic. And then um, we checked out our new software, which had been built by um, one of the students on the board and implemented by the administration at the school. We checked out the software and none of the votes had been counted. Um, the election, yeah, it was like we had never had an election. So we had to have the election again in the winter quarter. And um, we didn't know what to do with these students who had been preparing to take over in these jobs. Um, it was, that was a low point but um yeah that hurt we did the election again winter quarter we had a lower voting percentage i think because students were just like i just voted i don't care go away right. mm -hmm. a little bit which i get i empathize with <laughs> um and that incompetence uh it felt bad that was a horrible feeling um but we uh just kept on keeping on um those poll workers worked their little butts off um they are constantly facing students who don't want to talk to them, who are rejecting them. They're having to explain a relatively complicated voting system to students who don't really want to have it explained to them. If you're voting in a GSU election, you can vote for more than one person. If you just vote for one person, you're wasting your vote. You should vote for as many people as you think are qualified or as many as the system will allow you to vote for. You can vote for more than one person. You should vote for more than one person. There is more than one GSU representative you should vote for more than one GSU representative. Just to be clear, vote for as many people as you can. But that's not easy to explain to a student who's on their way to the greenery after having been in class for like four hours, um, who doesn't want to talk to you, who thinks you're an asshole, who isn't interested. So they work hard, be nice to them if you see them, and just vote, just do it. Just, it's, it takes four seconds. Even if it's pointless, it took four seconds. It's better safe than sorry. Just vote. Yeah, last, last time I voted, I like put I put more than the amount of people mm -hmm. because it like didn't have it at the top so I'm like I'll just put everyone I like <laughs> and then it was like you can only have this many and I mm -hmm. was like oh tell me before but yeah but I did vote for all the people so yeah I yeah. I They're think you Emily were the person that made me vote first <laughs> I don't and I, I've actually I don't know how many times I voted but I voted a few times and this last time Dagny was like, I voted today. And I was like, oh, I should vote as well. So That's so yeah. awesome, guys. So I guess the message is you should tell everyone you're voting as well as voting. Yes. Mm. yes. Share your, mm -hmm. if you can yes. get a friend to vote, every person that you convince to vote is another person that um, 
cancels out the vote of someone you don't like. So just think right. about how many people you can't stand who you don't want to pick who is in charge of you and find at least that many people that you can stand and get them to vote so that you're... Um, because when you don't vote, anyone who runs wins. And when you don't run, anyone who runs wins. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility not just to vote, but to run, to be in those positions. I know it's exhausting, and I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I didn't run this year. I didn't participate this year. I'm exhausted and disillusioned, which is a feeling that a lot of Evergreen students, I think, can relate to. Um, and I'm not involved in the GSU anymore that much at all. So this is all like kind of like a... A fun throwback Thursday for me, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, you should run if you possibly can, if you have the time, you get paid. Um, now hourly, when we first started, students got, I think it was like 500 bucks a quarter or something mm. along those lines um, for, it depends on the representative, um, how much work you do. If you don't really care about your job and you're just there for the 500 bucks and you want to show up at um, as many meetings as you can to um, not get kicked off, then maybe 500 bucks was the right pay. But um, for the leadership team who were putting in easily full-time work weeks, um, that was just not enough and it meant that the only students who were able to hold those GSU positions were students with the privilege of not needing to have jobs um, because it wasn't as the speaker I couldn't have done that and also I tried to do that and also go to school and work and I failed it was hard Mm -hmm. it was bad Um, and at the very end of my tenure we voted to um, make the pay just a little bit above minimum wage hourly pay Um, which Mm -hmm. sounds like a small thing, but it was, it's huge. It's exciting. Um, the GSU can pay you, can help you go to school and can help you change the school that you go to. Um, run, run, because if you don't run, I'm not going to name names, but there were some people who I felt were really on the wrong side of things spring quarter in 2016, who, um, the school kind of came together and said, we aren't okay with what you're saying. We don't like you. We don't, want to do things the way that you would want to do things students who ran students who ran in largely unopposed positions um and students who sat on the gsu a lot of whom ended up getting fired because they didn't show up or (laughs) quitting because they found it hard to be part of the gsu some transferred because they found it hard to be part of Evergreen, because mm-hmm. Evergreen found it hard to be part of them. <laughs> um, but um, if you don't vote, you don't have control over who's representing you. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is definitely this is more of a disillusion dis- plot, I guess. But mm. I think when I when I'm voting, like part of me is very suspicious, and I'm like, mm. it's so easy to fake a blurb about this know, person. Right? I'm like, mm. how do I really know? <laughs> And so, like, you know, because I can smile some writing, I'm like, oh, like, that sounds nice, and mm-hmm. I'm like, some people seem nice, and they're not, and <laughs> no, I'm very yeah. suspicious sometimes, so I do understand why people are like, mm-hmm. how do I, like, what is this really doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely understand that. Um, one thing that I really regret is that we're not able to have um, better resources. I know it's something we've worked on improving before, but it's just hard to do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we've tried to do candidate meet and greets, but students and candidates don't always show up because students and candidates are students um but um my advice to you is to um just get on facebook or something and type in the name of the people who are running just that's actually a really good idea and um oh uh pete smith is running his blurb sounds nice who is he actually and not that we all represent ourselves accurately on social media right, right. real but it gives you a little bit more context maybe you even have a photo of this person so now you recognize them and you're like oh this guy was in my class he's a dick like i don't want to vote for him or like oh this guy Ooh, what a like yeah and you right. kind of get an impression um yeah be savvy with your votes as much as you can i know i keep asking you to do more i'm like vote it's 10 seconds and then I'm like, run it's they'll pay you and like i'm just amping this up but um yeah just like do a like, look up their twitter like just do something um so that you're not voting blind if you yeah. can if you can manage it yeah well i know this it's definitely something that 
I hear that the school, it's, I, I, when I hear people who are actually like working for the school, they're like, we're working so hard and all these things and all these levels of communication. And then like students in isolation are like, the school is not like, yeah. like talking to me and all of this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's like a very, it's like a dis, it's a real it's disconnect. A disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot of. Absolutely. Places. And I think it's the GSU's job. My, my belief has always been that it's the GSU's job to bridge that gap. And as disillusioned as I might be with everything, I still really believe that the GSU has the potential to be that bridge that the college so sorely needs. Um, Part of my disillusionment doesn't come from a lack of faith in the student union or the student body. It comes from a lack of faith in the administrative apparatus that we had to work with. And um, I don't think the student union is to blame for that. I think the student union is doing everything it can in good faith to work within that and change that. Um, But there were definitely a lot of battles that we fought really hard and lost um, to not even with or against the administration, but to just try and be heard by the administration, to try and have a seat at the table. Um, One thing I remember specifically was the budget last year, um, and that was happening spring quarter. The student union from the get in the beginning of spring quarter was begging, not asking, begging, demanding, pleading, showing up at weekly meetings saying, okay, what's the status with the budget? And hearing from specific administrators that they wouldn't tell us, couldn't tell us, weren't going to let us sit in on the meetings. Um, And we found out a lot of information largely at the same time as the student body did. That was incredibly frustrating because with just an iota of um, student input, so much could have been changed. The way that the budget went last year was absolutely inexcusable. Um, We tried really hard to try and get some top administrators whose names shall remain um, in the wind um, (laughs) to take a 10% pay cut in tandem with the 10% cut that they were asking every department on campus to take. Um, And these were people with $100,000 salaries. That 10% could have funded the theater program for close to a year um, who just refused to even meet with us. Things like the hiring of the new police chief, who's been um, the new interim police chief, who's been a problem um, Mm -hmm. lately. Um, The the police, uh, generally on campus, I don't mean to name any names. Um, uh, We asked to be included in hiring meetings and were told for almost three weeks that it wasn't possible. And then the day before they were doing interviews, they were like, okay, we'll give you 10 minutes with each person at these weird times. Hopefully you can get someone to show up. We did. We got people to show up. We made a recommendation. Um, No one took our recommendation. The person who we were supposed to make a recommendation to just didn't show up to work for three weeks because of a whole other thing. Um, we, We made recommendations. They hired someone who we didn't recommend or particularly like as students. Um, we definitely made strong recommendations for the other candidate and were, it's not even that we were outvoted, we just weren't listened to. In things like mm-hmm. the budget, we asked to be included in meetings to have even one student, even if it's not us, just include one student, a student employee, have one student in the room. There are so many things that happen at Evergreen that if you just had one person who was a student at Evergreen sitting in the room while it happened, it would have gone so much better. Um, a really stupid example is um, uh, um, so uh, at Evergreen we have a ton of committees one of them is called a DTF um, to administrators that's a direct task force to non-administrators DTF doesn't mean direct tax <laughs> DTF doesn't mean direct task force and if they had had one student in the room when they made that decision. One kid. This is a a small thing, but like it's emblematic of kind of the attitude that goes on in administration of like not super including students in decisions. You wouldn't have faculty DTFs running around campus (laughs) all over the place because no, I can't tell you the amount of times I got emails from faculty DTF committees and I was like, There's this weird origin going on. Like, what's happening? Um, Things like that. If you just include one student voice, we had. We couldn't get a meeting with the college president. I actually never, as the speaker, got to sit down and meet with 
the president of the school in my entire tenure as the speaker, which is hilarious because my job title is literally to um, be the intermediary between the Evergreen State College um, administration and the student body and our college and the public. Um, I never met with the president once. He, they, this person, the president, whoever that person <laughs> might be, whoever the president of the Evergreen State College is, you know, I don't even, you know, wouldn't meet with us once. Um, wow. When they did meet with us, it was um, about the budget. They came to one of our meetings and said they wanted, they, they gave us two weeks notice. They said that they had a special surprise announcement for us. Um, and they wouldn't tell it. They wouldn't tell us what it was about. <laughs> they said they wanted surprise. ten minutes at our meeting to talk about something that they wouldn't say what it was. But they said that it was in relation to a police ombudsman's program, which was something we've been lobbying for for a long time. Um, I don't know how much you know about the um, police review committee on campus. It was a hot topic back in two thousand sixteen and seventeen, but it's not talked about much now. The police uh, conduct review committee on campus is largely toothless. So whatever the recommendations are, they don't actually have any authoritative power to make changes or to even make recommendations. Um, and they, the students on them have had problems. We've been lobbying for an objective third-party ombudsman's position that students can come to. Ombudsman is such a stupid word, and I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. But um, it's something we've been lobbying for for a long, 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 long time. And um, we thought that was what this was going to be about. But we said, Mr. President, <laughs> um, if you want to come to our meeting, we're not just going to let you dine and dash. We're not just going to let you come for 10 minutes and then leave. You need to stay and explain whatever it is that we're talking about here. We'd like to know what you're talking about. And he's like, I can't tell you. But um, we did all of that. And then that's when they came and announced the budget to us, which is not an update about the police. But like, I don't care. But um, came and announced the budget to us and made it clear that they were just going to try and talk as long as they could um, and as much as they could about the budget so that they didn't have to answer questions. And I had to be this little 19-year-old girl cutting off the president and being like, no, you need to stop and take questions now. Why didn't we get to see this before 20 minutes ago? It's going to the Board of Trustees in a week. It's too late to make changes. That's when we saw the budget. It was going to be too late to make changes. Mm -hmm. um, why are you... This is stupid. No. Like... Bah, like waving our hands in the air and um we're met with a lot of resistance there was like a pie graph that was on the screen that became this big deal because we wanted to like take pictures we we're an open public meeting mm -hmm. um by law uh, according to washington state's sunshine law um we're getting paid by the public we're doing public work we have a responsibility to be open free public meetings unless we're discussing um staffing um there are like a few exceptions but we have to be open to the public our meetings have to be open to the public there was some pie chart or something on the screen that someone wanted to take a picture of for our minutes and that the college president was literally like standing in front of the screen trying to like hide and like asking for his handouts back it was the wow. most crazy he forgot my name he forgot another one of my colleagues he didn't even forget my colleague's name he just called this woman a woman of color just the wrong name he just didn't know who she they'd had several meetings before they'd interacted a ton just didn't know this girl's name um, and in another meeting with another one of my colleagues, he called me, I believe it was, the tall one who's always angry because he didn't know my name. Um, oh my god. Yeah, this, wow. I'm not a huge fan of, <laughs> Oof. Um, uh, the consensus largely in the student union is that a lot of the decisions they make are not necessarily their own decisions, but kind of coming to them from outside of the college from above and that they don't really have all that much control over um what happens which isn't to say that they don't have any control but that a lot of the plans that they have for the evergreen state college are not really necessarily their plans they're not a permanent president really they're just here to come make some dramatic changes and take off um and um the consensus largely is that um the direction evergreen is moving in i think a lot of people say like oh evergreen's not going to be around in two years blah like evergreen's not going anywhere but it's definitely not going to still be evergreen if mm. we continue at this trajectory it's going to be more uw olympia than anything um and the programming changes we're already starting to see are our reaction to budget changes um we're not getting funding from the legislature okay let's start 
getting funding from advancement, which is um, fundraising, and who's donating to programming. It's not, there aren't a ton of theater majors who go back and make giant <laughs> donations and can fund a department. Um, so the things that we see ourselves pivoting towards are um, degree paths and programs that are more financially lucrative. Um, Boeing is more willing to pay for um, someone who's going to go work at Boeing later yeah. than anyone else's, um, which I think is an absolute tragedy. This is a public university, a publicly funded state university, the cheapest publicly funded state university in Washington, the one with the um, highest acceptance rate. I think we have a responsibility to keep that resource open to Washington students, to um, keep that resource focused on serving Washington students and not on serving Washington businesses. Um, I think it's a tragedy. I think we're watching a tragedy. Um, I think it's not the first time this has happened. I don't think this is the first time someone has come in from the outside and tried to change what Evergreen is. It's not going to be the last. I don't think that it's a lost cause, but I think that we have some pretty tremendous opposition in trying to keep the, we kind of call it the radical spirit of our school, which is <laughs> such a, such a um, coy way of saying the like hippie nature of whatever green is um i want us to keep that spirit i want us to keep that focus on students and um it's gonna take a lot of work but i think we can do it yeah yeah well that is <laughs> it's very brave of you to do that and just like to do this work like good job it, yeah <laughs> i'm I, very like impressed <laughs> honestly no, so it was really brave but i stopped um, I haven't been involved in the student union, and a lot of that is due to my personal circumstances um, more than anything, but I just didn't have it in me to keep fighting this fight. The students who are working on the student union now, they're the brave ones. They're the ones who are fighting this fight. Um, mm -hmm. um, if there's something you're passionate about on campus, it's worth it to do the work because you can make a difference. It's a small enough school that you can make a huge difference. Um, the one thing that I still try to sort of remain connected to and passionate about is the... Um, uh, I think now it's called the Drug Overdose Response Committee, but it's the, um, it was last year, um, a base, just a committee basically working on um, preventing drug and alcohol abuse on campus. And um, last year we lost a lot of students to drug and alcohol related stuff. That wasn't easy. And what was even harder for me being on the student union was knowing that there was supposed to be a student and faculty committee working to provide resources and prevent kids from dying that just hadn't met all year for no good reason. Um, there was no good reason, just that the organizational infrastructure, we kept being told the organizational infrastructure wasn't in place. We had been fighting all year to get the committee head to just have one meeting, just invite some students to come to me. We had been fighting all year and got nowhere. And spring quarter, we lost three students yeah. in that one quarter. Um, <laughs> the administration's response to those wasn't great either. Um, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember getting a mass email that was literally three student deaths in one email mm -hmm. um, with like a paragraph each about each kid. And they're like, we're going to fly a black flag at half mast in honor of these kids um, without talking to any of the families first, without like okay. I, I talked to families who were outraged yeah. by their response um I was outraged by their response um what I really would have liked was for the drug and alcohol prevention task force to meet once we finally got them to have like a forum just like a big forum where um a couple of administrators came and sat and asked and answered questions and they promised us that they would get us a response in two weeks and got back to us until like middle of summer quarter when everyone was gone but and also half of the administrators took off halfway through because that was the day the budget was released to administrators some of them had just like i don't know if i don't want to get into the org chart of the college because it's boring it's all hell but the organizational chart just changed at the evergreen state college some administrators who were in lofty positions ended up in different positions mm -hmm. um and just stopped showing up to work for a while because they were mad um which was really frustrating as a student um, to see this person getting a three-figure salary mm -hmm. and, like, four-figure, five-figure salary. Great, like... Ah! But, um, uh, just took off halfway through the meeting for a special emergency meeting with the president. That 
probably is the battle that I am still the most invested in and that uh, I still hold the most interest in and that still needs fighting the most to me. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't stay involved, but you should. Um, and I still miss it sometimes. I don't keep in contact with a lot of the people there, um, but I think they still are good people working really hard, doing what they think is best to just try and improve things at their school. It's, um, it's easy to feel like you're doing God's work or something. Like it's this big thing when you're doing it. And then you, it's very humbling to talk to one person who doesn't go to Evergreen and try and tell them what you do. And they're so bored and they don't care. <laughs> like I tried to tell my parents like, so yeah, I'm working really hard on changing the organizational chart of the Office of Sexual Violence Prevention and Response and we're doing all this stuff. And like watching their eyes glaze over like, I don't care. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> It's, it's a small school, and it's, it's easy to feel like it's the entire world when you're in that bubble, but popping that bubble for a second and realizing that I had a life outside of that that I was not living, that I was neglecting, um, and taking that step back was good for me personally. Um, I definitely recommend that you get involved and that you do everything that you can. I just am not at a place right now where I can't. It's a self-care thing more than anything else, more than the disillusionment. It's just a self-care decision. I didn't feel like I was making enough impact um, for the amount of toll that it was taking on the rest of my life. So I had to stop. Um, and I don't know if I'm stopped forever. I don't know if I'm done forever. I don't know if maybe someday I'll go back, but right now I did everything that I could do. Um, uh, most of it was just personal, interpersonal stuff. Um, and doesn't have anything to do with the like, main student union apparatus and the belief that I have in its, its power to make change. So. Yeah, that's... Well, honestly, like, this is a very... I, I like hearing, like, stories like this and, like, really getting into it because it does make me feel, like, more connected to the school. And I felt like freshman year, I, like, had heard more of that. And I don't mm -hmm. know if it was just because I was in places that I think freshmen were. And so they were like, yeah. we got to talk to these, mm -hmm. like, freshmen. Yeah. And then, but then after that, then I was, like, sort of out. And I was just mm -hmm. sort of doing my own thing. And I wasn't yeah. really involved. But it always mm -hmm. makes me feel more like... I guess, invested in the school yeah. to hear stories like this. So I'm really glad that you no. came on to talk to yeah, that's all exciting. of our listeners it's, about this. It's, yeah. It's very easy to pay absolutely zero attention to this entire thing that's going on because you have so much going on. You are trying your ass off to pay for school, and then once you pay for it, you're trying your ass off to succeed in school, and then you're trying your ass off to be a person. Most of you are young and trying to develop into a person, those of you who aren't young, you've got even crazier shit going on in your life. You maybe have kids, you have a like job. Um, you've got so much else going on that paying attention to the constitution revision of the GSU just is not a priority. And I get that. Like, I don't really care about the constitution revision. Props to everyone who's on the constitution <laughs> review committee. Good work. I don't. I don't yeah. care. I can say that now because I don't work with you anymore. I don't care. Like, it's not relevant to the way that most students live their lives. But when you really get into the nitty-gritty of it, it has the potential to make a lot of those changes. Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe the only thing that's going to work is massive protests or burning it down or, like, doing something crazy. There are a lot of students of that mind at Evergreen. We're pretty um, dis... We're not super into authority. Mm -hmm. um, we're not super into um, getting into the places of power and doing change from within. We're very much a school that believes in yeah. changing from the outside. Um, maybe that's what's needed. Maybe that's what's going to work. But I'm still putting my faith in the old-fashioned way. But yeah, don't feel like you're um, disconnected or... Um, like you're not paying attention or doing your civic duty if you're not paying attention to any of this and you're just trying your hardest to live your life. Your job right now is to be a student and get your degree and take care of yourself and then you can go and change the world. Um, and the student union's job is literally they get paid to be your advocate. I remember spring quarter hearing student advocates say, I'm not getting paid to do this work. The student union is, so use them. Make them do their jobs. Hold them accountable. Um, they're the people who the school is paying you are paying to help with this whole problem 
Um, so it's their job to think about these minutiae, not yours. If you're not thinking about them, that's okay. And if you want to think about them, you should. But if you're not, just make sure that they are. That's your job. Make sure that they're doing this. And take care of yourself. Yeah. yeah. It's a very good, it's a good ending message. Yeah. We are out of time. I know. <laughs> All right. But I'm a talker. You, you are. You're a very good talker. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. my one skill. <laughs> talker. And take a bubble bath. Take a bubble bath. Yes. Bubble Gotta bath. end with that. Take care of yourself. Yeah. But thanks so much for coming yeah. on. Thank you so much. Thanks for indulging me. Thanks for letting me babble. It's been great. Um, thanks for the muffins. <laughs> thanks for being my friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll release all of you back into the wild with a question. Do you know how to army crawl? Look us up on YouTube, Spotify, CastBox, Google Play, and Nessie. Just search for Basically Misled. Send us your show ideas or an application to be our next guest at basicallymisled at gmail.com. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening, listening and, and good, good luck, luck with your future endeavors.